Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. And uh, let's do this. Uh, we'll get out of the the home improvement portion. <laughs> home improvement portion of the program. We're going to uh, get into now the uh, the Bucks season as the Milwaukee Bucks on the road tonight in a uh, nationally televised game. I, th- I believe it's on ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they're taking on the Chicago Bulls, who are a game ahead of them in the Eastern Conference standings. Joining us now, our buddy Jim Ozarski is on the line. Jim, how you doing, pal? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, so give me kind of the stretch run. I mean, I, I look, I, I know people are interested. They're looking over the fence. They're watching what the Bucks are doing. Obviously, there's a lot of talk uh, nationally about the failure of the Lakers. And obviously, once you get uh, Chris Paul back, then the Suns are going to be one of the harder teams to beat. But where does this Bucks team stand right now, in your opinion, when it comes to the defense of a championship? Well, they're definitely, you know, have have it all in front of them, meaning they're good enough to get back to a finals. I, and I think, you know, once you're in the championship round, that obviously means you are good enough to win it. Um, but uh, you know, they're the heat. The victory over the Heat would be good. I mean, I, I feel like the Bucks, the, the game tonight. Uh, you know, the Bulls are coming off a of back-to-back. Uh, you know, Zach Levine is still kind of dealing with the a leg, a knee issue. So you know. It, but a win down there would still do this team some good. It'd be three straight wins. It'd be another victory over a team ahead of them in the standings. Um, I, I think for the Bucks, it's, Bill, it's not so much, you know, seeding again. It's like last year, you know, one seed doesn't really matter. It's, you know, are they getting this defensive side of the ball and, and the consistency there figured out? And we're, we're seeing it a little bit these last two wins over Charlotte. In Miami, yes, there's hiccups. I know Miami hit over 23, um, but you have seen no bits of this team sort of reclaiming that defensive swagger, um, and that's what it's going to come down to for this team because the big three are your, your point getters, and, and what they need, though, is, is to be able to defend at a high level. And if, if they can do that consistently here, Bill, down the stretch against some of the best teams in basketball, they've got the hardest schedule left, of any of the contenders, um, that, that could do a long way into making maybe everyone else feel they can make a run at a, at a second straight title. Well, I tell you what, I know you mentioned Zach Levine and that leg injury, and I understand that, but DeMar DeRozan, is, he's really been kind of a, an eye-opener this year, hasn't he been? Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, look, he, he's been a, an all-star. Um, he, he has scored at a high rate for a long time, but yes, to, to I mean, to have a career year and what your early to mid-30s is, is, and doing it almost exclusively from the mid-range, I mean, it's a throwback, Bill. It is. It, it's, his game is is not, I mean, I guess if you're a Bucks fan, you could relate it to a, maybe a, a more prolific Chris Wilson, um, although Middleton probably makes more threes. Uh, yeah, DeMar Rosen is definitely in that MVP. The conversation is in top five. Um, and look, when you've got a guy like that, and, and Levine was also an all-star, you know, one of the reasons why the Bulls have weathered probably more injuries to their starting five than, than a lot of other teams. Talk about the, the, the Bucks now. Let's go back to that. As you talked about, they have the toughest schedule of the contenders down the stretch. They have fared well at times and looked dominant. Other times, it seems like the shooting just has completely gone away. What has been the problem with the inconsistency of the offense? Yeah, that, you know, it's, a, it's, it's interesting because, Obviously, Giannis is having a, a, a career year. 
in a lot of ways. Um, Scoring-wise, might might win a scoring title. I think if, if your listeners are into player efficiency rating, um, he's sort of battling Nikola Jokic for the best efficient, you know, the most efficient season in NBA history. But I think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday uh, have sort of ebbed and flowed a little bit. Um, each has had really good stretches. For instance, Chris Middleton right before the All-Star break was phenomenal. Um, and then it kind of receded a little bit. Drew Holiday the same way. Um, look, those are the three guys. They're, they're the engine of this thing offensively. Bobby Portis is having a career year, um, maybe more than what people expected. But the bench has been uh, not great offensively, but it's also a top-heavy team, Bill. So I think offensively it's, it's as the big three go, they go. And can Bobby Portis have a great shooting night? Can Grayson Allen give you double digits? Um, that's kind of been the issue, the consistency-wise on offense. With uh, And I said this last year, Budenholzer down the stretch, he just wanted to get guys healthy kind of in the last 10, 11, 12 games, get guys into a rhythm after tinkering all season with different rotations, different defenses, different switch-offs and such. It seemed like that's when he really got into honing this team in. Do we read anything into the standings, the wins and losses and such right now? Because, I mean, as much as you don't want to lose games to lose ground, don't get me wrong, five games separate the top spot to the sixth spot. I'm not overwhelmingly concerned right now about where the Bucks stand. Are you? No. The two wins help, and that's how packed this this. Eastern Conference is, Bill. I mean, if, if we were sitting here talking about a loss to Charlotte and a loss to Miami, I would say yes is a concern because that means the Bucks, rather than being the potentially the three seed after tonight, they're down around the six seed. And look, the, a bad stretch here, meaning 500 ball or maybe a two, three game losing streak, drops you into that play in scenario. And all of a sudden you're, you're like, well, we need to win four or five just to make sure we're not, you know, we get that bye week, so to speak. Um, so I, I'm not going to call it a concern. I would say it is far more awareness <laughs> than the Bucks have had to worry about since Mike Budenholz retired in 2018. And he's, he's finally come around to admit as much. Um, you know, while, while I will agree that it, the seeding doesn't really matter, you don't want to be in the play-in tournament. And look, there's still only a few games out of that. And I would say you probably don't want to be a five, right, Bill? Like, at least if you're right. a four, you get one home court series, and then however the bracket shakes out, maybe you get another one. That's what happened last year, right? They, they got two two series at home, two on the road. Uh, but you don't want to be anything lower than a five, and it's just it's so tight right now that they actually have to be aware of it. Give me a positive, uh, I mean, other than Giannis and the way, the way he's played, give me give me something to latch on. Like, you look at a team like the Bucks that have won some games uh, down the stretch. They've won some gritty performances. But there is there are games when they needed to come back, they didn't have a shot. They didn't have somebody that could get hot. They didn't have that, that guy that could just, you know, take decapitate your team by taking a couple of big shots down the stretch. They're going to just knock you out. Is that what they're missing is that one guy, that dead-eye shooter that they continuously go to, that they can just say, this is the guy we can rely upon down the stretch? You know, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I guess Bryn Forbes would have fit that category a year ago. Um, and obviously he had his moment in the first round against Miami, right, outscoring Jimmy Butler. 
in that series. I mean, Bobby Portis, believe it or not, I mean, it's not traditional, but he's kind of become that guy. I mean, right, he's hit it three once. He's hit six threes three different times. But he is a volume guy. I mean, if, if he might hit two or three in a row, and then you may not see him score again for another quarter and a half. So to your point, right. yeah, they, it, it, that, that goes back to the, the consistency on offense, Bill. I think you, you kind of need Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday to to truly carry, you know, be consistent through four quarters. Yes, they take their turns. Miami was a great example of that. Chris Middleton's first half, Giannis second half, Drew Holiday a little bit in between, like all throughout, right? Um and so they know how to do that, but I think, yeah, you need Chris. We, if you're a Bucks fan, you want Chris Middleton averaging 21, 22 a game now down the stretch, Bill. Because I think that answers your questions there. Maybe it's not threes, but it's him, you know, eight points a quarter or about. And that's sort of what you need, I, I think, going forward. Is the best team in the East, the 76ers now, adding James Harden with Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, with Maxi, with Seth Curry, and, and, and that gang, is that now the best team in the East? Man, it, it's hard. Uh, it, it's hard to discount the current number one seed, which is Miami. I mean, they're they're really good, Bill. Um, and, and, whereas the Seventy Sixers, I think, I don't know. I, I still want to give it some time, but I will say this: I mean, they they're going to benefit more from that trade this year than Brooklyn in that James Harden is interested again. He's motivated again. <laughs> and when right. he cares, when he cares, he's an MVP and a 32-point-a-game score. And last year, though, I remember speaking to you, you know, like, oh, is Harden going to work in Brooklyn? Well, he was like, I'm interested. I care. I'm going to average a triple-double for a month. I mean, he's that good. So to your point, yeah, I think what, what makes Philly really dangerous now is, is that athleticism outside – Harden being into it is a dangerous thing, and it's hard to say they're not the best. But I, uh, I guess, I guess when we talk again in, in, in a little bit, we'll see if the standings shake that out. Because I still think Miami is, is really, really good. That's just it, Miami. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you've got good players, but. You don't have – I mean, Jimmy Butler is, is the leader down there, and Tyler Hero, he's a guy that can just light it up from the outside. But Adebayo, what is it, Kyle Lowry, Robinson, you know, Martin. It's it's not names that jump off the paper at you. And do you just look at it as that coaching-wise, they're just that good? <laughs> yeah, I, I, actually, of all the surprises from the Bucks win the other night, it was that the Heat couldn't execute – you know, an inbounds play. Now, credit to the Bucks for defending that, but that's sort of a, you know, I don't want to call it a coaching thing, but generally Eric Spolstra teams do those things, right? They get the ball inbounds um, yeah. and don't turn it over. So, yeah, Spolstra is the best coach in the East, uh, without a doubt. And that team, Bill, you're right. They don't have – they have all-stars, but not superstars. And, but yet they all play so well together. And, and yeah, the Bucks ha- have made Jimmy Butler's life really difficult, you know, the last two years. But uh, obviously the Heat can do some other things that give the Bucks problems. And I, I feel like Miami is just a really good team, eight, nine deep. You know, Kyle Lowry will be back. He was out for family reasons. You know, I don't know what Victor Oladipo is going to give them. But even if he's somewhat healthy enough, Bill, 
to play 15 minutes, and if he's any sort of semblance of his, of what he was, it's just scoring, right? Uh, that's a, that's another thing, you know. So yeah, I, I think Miami. I, I have a hard time taking away anything from the current top seed because a they've earned it, and I don't see anything about their game bill that's just going to say they're going to hand over anything easily just to Philadelphia because they've got bigger names. Best team in the the West is it the Suns once they uh, once they they get Chris Paul back. Yeah, I mean they're they're without a doubt. I, I you know Utah is, is still very good. Um, I, I think I had a Jazz Suns you know Western Finals. I might have picked the Jazz to make the finals to start the year, feeling they were sort of the next Bucks. You know, like that team that sort of had to go through it a little bit in the in the playoffs to sort of realize that's what matters and not winning fifty five games. Um, but yeah, Chris Paul. You know, he, he was probably going to get MVP votes, you know, four or five range before he was hurt. They're really good, Bill. I mean, they – they um, Monty Williams wasn't lying when he said the Bucks made him better because they went out and fortified that front line, got bigger uh, mm-hmm. to, to handle some of that stuff. So, yeah, I, I still go with the Suns, but it, it could be interesting come playoff time. Jim, great stuff. Enjoy Chicago. Uh, it's overpriced. Uh, the food is okay. The atmosphere is decent. Uh, it's kind of a vacant town until they come out of the uh, fully come out of the COVID restrictions. Uh, maybe it'll get back to the dawdling town, toddling town that was. But uh, for the right now, it just kind of sucks down there. So enjoy yourself best you can. <laughs> I will, Bill. Thank you. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. That's our buddy Jim Ozarski. Joining us on the hotline is uh, Jim gives us a, uh, a shout-out down there from Chicago. Bucks taking on the Bulls later on tonight. Nationally televised game, as a matter of fact, as well. So hopefully the Bucks can get a win. They're only a game behind Chicago. In the standings, this portion of the program uh, brought to you by our good friends. I had mentioned San Giorgio, Calderon Club, was down there last night. San Giorgio, the only uh, the only authentic Napoletano Pizzeria VPN in the state. And there's only 60-something of them in the country. And we have one of them right here in our own backyard. Stop in, tell them we said hi. They pair up the Bill Michaels, as I showed you last night. Take a look over on the Facebook fan page. Pizza, oh, so good. Pair it up with Cider Boys from Point Brewing. Oh, so good. So, so good. Say hi to Gino. By the way, uh, if you are looking for a job, he needs bartenders. Make some good money down there, too, if you're a bartender. Maybe get out of the rat race at the corner pub on a Friday. Go and make some good money. Classy place, nice place, good food, good people, good atmosphere, always busy. Check out Calderon Club and uh, also at uh, San Giorgio. Gino is in need of help of bartenders. So uh, he was uh, his brother Frankie, as a matter of fact, was behind the bar last night because they needed some help. So if you know a bartender looking for a good job and making good tips, good money, that's a place to go. Check out our friends down at San Giorgio and Calderon Club and uh, get a hold of Gino over there. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's a Friday. Loving it. Enjoying it. Just kind of hanging out and... Watching the watching the sunshine down and the snow for the uh, for the most part, uh, there's still ice on the on the on the patio out back, but snow for the mer- most part is gone. And uh, looking forward to although it's going to be cold next weekend, I guess we go right back into the deep freeze. We're going to be in the 60s 
tomorrow with a chance of thunderstorms. And then uh, all throughout the week, it's supposed to be like mid-40s, I guess. And then uh, the deep freeze pops up next weekend. So, And we all know, like, let's be honest, how many times have we had an opening day in the first week of April and we have snow flurries? You know, it's cold, real cold. I can remember a couple of opening days doing the show at Hellfair Field inside that atrium and still having to bring portable heaters, space heaters along for the ride because it was just so cold. We we had like three of them going and it still was cold. So, yeah, we're not out of the woods. Not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, 877-867-1670. Want to well, uh, let you know about our friends at Cunis RV. Speaking of warmer weather, here's something to think about, though. Something to dream about a little bit. Our friends at Cunis RV, they are Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer. Uh, and if you're looking for, let's be honest, a motorhome, maybe a fifth wheel, a camper van, which are all the rage right now, travel trailer, Cunis got you covered. They can help you out down there. Uh, well, I shouldn't say down there because there's locations all throughout the state of Wisconsin. But uh, they carry different uh, brands. Jayco, Alliance, Dutchman, Forest River, Gulfstream, Nexus, Thor, uh, Keystone, Winnebago, Redwood. There's so many of them out there. And they carry the majority of them. So you can stop in at one of, uh, of their many locations, not only in the state of Wisconsin, but northern Illinois as well. And they are offering top dollar for your trade. And they also offer consignment. So that way you don't have to worry about it. If you're within 50 miles of a dealership, they'll come and pick that thing up for you. How about that? Not a bad way to go. It goes on their lot. Their inventory looks more full. You don't have to deal with all those people, and they're going to help you sell it. So if you want to do that, you can do that as well. They're the Midwest's fastest-growing RV and camper uh, destination. So get a hold of them. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com, and check them out for yourself. Good stuff. Um. Talk, uh, let's see here. Um, I was talking some uh, some Bucks basketball, I know, and Marty just said, uh, hey, I still believe the Bucks are going to be right there in the end. I still think they're going to win the East. They have to get past the 76ers. Ask Ben if he thinks the 76ers are the best team in the East. Ben, do you think the 76ers are the best team in the East? No, I can't say that right now. Grant and I talked about this a lot yesterday, about who the Bucks' biggest test is. I do think it's the Sixers compared to the Nets. Because once Ben Simmons gets to the playoffs, he folds like a lawn chair. But uh, no, I mean, it's the Bucks conference, right? When they get to the playoffs, they still have the best player in Giannis. And oftentimes, as Grant said yesterday, the best player is the one that wins the series. So I still have faith in the Bucks winning it. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you just about in every sense. I think, though, that the Sixers have become, I, I, and Jim Ozarski said it, the Sixers are dangerous because Harden is engaged. I still don't think teams win championships with, with James Harden, but as long as he's engaged and he is uh, focused, he is a very tough player. He makes teams better. Yeah, um, one thing he uh, has done is there are some young guys on that team, especially Maxi, who have benefited greatly from him being there because now there's space. The thing about playing with right. Ben Simmons is that you don't have space because he can't shoot and can't really do anything away from the basket. But now that Harden's there, it does make it easier on everybody else. But, I mean, we'll see. It's all it's all in the playoffs, really. By the way, John asks, what's the uh, lowdown on Brooke Lopez? He could be the X Factor. No, I, I, there's no word on Brooke Lopez as far as we know. I mean, still, their, their hope was to get him back towards the end of the season. I think that still remains the hope, correct? Yeah. We I, haven't heard anything different. I heard a couple of weeks ago that it was some encouraging things. I think he was at practice. Right. But, I mean, 
I kind of see it the same way as the Packers stuff. Like, we thought yes. that all those guys were going to come back, and until you see it happen, who knows? Right. Yep, I agree. Not only do you see it uh, happen, but uh, you see it happen, and then they play well. Because the Packers got players back, but it was just to be players. It wasn't that they were playing well. Right. They all got them back, and all of a sudden, the last game of the season was indeed their last game of the season. So nothing uh, nothing positive right now. I mean, other than the fact that hopefully you're getting back. But if you're going to get Brooke Lopez back, you'd like to get him back with about seven to ten games to go in the season if, if, if he can get back into a swing of things, so to speak. I still think, man, we were talking about Spolster before. Eric Spolster from Miami. What an incredible coach. Remember when uh, it was Dwayne Wade and company with LeBron and the big three, and they ended up winning the championship, and Spolster was there with those guys, and LeBron reached over and rubbed his head like he's just this little guy that just, thanks, coach. Like, you know, they they respected him, but they really didn't. It was We didn't win because of you. We won. You won because of us type of thing. And now look at how much uh, respect that guy garners as being a really smart coach. You know, I think Spolster got the short end of the stick when he got uh, – as far as recognition goes for how good he actually is when he was handed Dwayne Wade and company. And instead, after everybody's gone, he's got a guy in Jimmy Butler who, for the most part, was considered to be a malcontent in many different places. Um, he gets Jimmy Butler. He, he's got so many guys at Abeo on that team, so many guys that he just kind of put them together, Tyler Hero, and they put them all together and they just fit. And he's, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good coach. Oh, uh, 877, go ahead. Big part of NBA coaching is managing egos. So if he did anything right. with LeBron and Bosch and Wade is he did a great job managing the massive egos in the room. And then even when yeah, those guys go, Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris Bosch came into that as a really highly touted player. Chris Bosch had a, while he was kind of quiet, he still had an ego and kind of an attitude. And that, every bit of that went away. And maybe it's just because LeBron, he knew LeBron was a top dog or that was Dwayne Wade's team, but every bit of that went away. Uh, he was able to manage all of that right out the door. So, no, he's done a great job. And like I said, Jimmy Butler came in as a guy that was looked at by many as a malcontent. as just a mouth, a hard guy to get along with. And Jimmy Butler's been nothing but solid for the Miami Heat ever since they picked him up. So, yeah, so Bill, do you know that tonight – is the first Bucks Bulls game since Grayson Allen Alex Caruso incident when Bulls fans think I, Allen hurt Caruso? No, I did. I nope, did not know that. The there is some fire in Chicago for Grayson Allen's return there. Well, the only fire that's in Chicago should be the, the burning down of the city. <laughs> I don't promote that. I shouldn't say that, but that place is such a. I'll tell you this. Well, th the big thing is Madigan, who used to be the uh, former House Speaker for the state, uh, was indicted. That was the big thing when we walked into the hotel room the other night, is that the guy that has been in power, one of the most powerful people in the state, has, and everybody knew, was as corrupt as corrupt gets. Finally, somebody blew the whistle on the guy. And they've got, uh, the FBI has tapes of him uh, and about everything from payoffs to giving uh, preferential treatment to friends and, and, uh, and property tax issues. Uh, I mean, just you name it. it. It's just so much in the world of corruption as they have been just bringing down a net on the state of uh, Illinois for all the corruption. We all know that state's corrupt. It's one of the most corrupt states in the union. Just just look at that dump that is Soldier Field. $657 million 
plus they spent on that craptastic place, while two hundred and fifty million was spent on on uh, on Lambeau Field for their renovation. Doesn't even compare. Doesn't even compare. And and why was it six hundred fifty something million? Because it was corrupt, corrupt as hell. And uh, Con Ed is a part of this, and oh yeah, that. So yeah, they can. I've always said if. If you're ever going to do any uh, in-state nuclear testing, by all means, start by blowing that place up, and then we'll just kind of rebuild it and do it right. Oh, I, I, Chicago's a place that I don't mind going to for a day. You go visit, maybe if you're going to shop, maybe you're going to go down there for a game, okay, and then come back. But it's it's just it's awful. It is the city that's been completely under construction ever since. It's outgrown its infrastructure. It it's cultural arts and stuff. Okay, I get it. It's got some good, but for the most part, just just blow it up and get it over with. Just start oh, over. Just get it. Get rid of it. I'm going there plus next it's in weekend. My, plus, it's in my way as I try to try to get back to Ohio or to the house down in Indiana. It's in my way. It just just get it the hell out of there. Just <laughs> man. Uh, is that it? Let's take a break. <laughs> We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Helping guys with ED for many years, doing it better than anybody. Now there's others coming along and they're claiming they're great. Newmail's been the original with the medical experts, the medical experts helping guys with ED and a 98% success rate over the years. That is huge. Huge. And when it comes to low energy, maybe brain fog, if you're feeling kind of sluggish or moody, whatever it happens to be, maybe right now. Middle of the day, you're looking at the clock going, man, I can't under, understand why I'm going to go face first into my computer. I'm, I'm sleeping. I'm ready to go. Uh, could be if you're over the age of 30. It could be low T. But you got to call them. You can't do anything if you don't call. Or the all-in-one weight loss program. That works as well. Doesn't mean eating a box of uh, Girl Scout cookies like I could, I could do earlier today. I only ate a sleeve. But, you know, the box uh, could be easily polished off. Don't do that. Call my friends over at New Mail Medical, 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center, 414-455-4451. Doc, Tim, and everybody over there, tell them I sent you again, 414-455-4451. Coach K, tomorrow is going to be the celebratory day as it's not the end of his career tomorrow. But it's the end of his career at Cameron Indoor Stadium tomorrow, as tomorrow is going to be 42 years with the Duke Blue Devils. And uh, he is uh, coming back uh, for uh, one more game tomorrow at, the, at home. At, the, at, at Krzyzewskiville, by the way, has been sold out. Tickets are going for $60,000, uh, you know, courtside. He may not openly admit it, but he didn't want to retire after last season with uh, the team not playing that well. So this year, he uh, he wanted to come back, but he wanted to make uh, you know one last run. Uh, right now, uh, Duke they've already clinched uh, the first uh, outright regular season title since 2006. Uh, the, the number one seed in next week's ACC tournament, 
and they have an outside shot at a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but, you know, he's going to be saying goodbye tomorrow. Uh, thoughts on uh, college hoops losing Coach K there, uh, Ben? Anything? Finally. <laughs> Listen, I respect, like, he is probably the greatest college coach of all time. I respect the hell out of him. But I, I can't get past 2015. I, I can't get past what happened. Yeah. Um, and you're obviously talking about the fact that, uh, you know, not a lot of fouls called on Duke. They were hacking the hell out of people. Correct? Well, the the game was just officiated different from one half to the other. There were some horrible missed calls late, and it was clear that Coach K gave the refs a little something at halftime. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it was a little knowledge or, uh, you know, a little money, um, but, yeah, it, it things became different. Not that I'm biased or anything, you know? I like to stay <laughs> unbiased on this show yeah. and not let my personal views ever get in the way of what I say. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. Uh, he said, I think I'm just going to overall uh, talking to myself right now. Just let it happen. He said, uh, see what the hell happens, but try not to get to, to let it get too negatively influenced anything for my players because look for them. It's their game. I'm responsible for making sure that they have the best chance to win the game. Not all about me coming up on Saturday. Uh, tomorrow they're taking on North Carolina. The focus, he says, is going to be on defeating the UNC for the second time this season after easily beating the Tar Heels by 20 last month. Uh, but it's going to be impossible to ignore the distractions, as they say. I don't really try to let myself enjoy it because if I do, I'm going to get so nervous. Uh, according to their guard, Trevor Keels, he said, uh, we're playing it for the coach, but we want to win as well. So it goes on from there. But uh, Not all about know, him agree. except for the entire retirement tour and the press conference they held to announce the impending retirement right. tour. It's like Derek. And uh, the fact that uh, everybody is sleeping over in a place named Shashevskyville. Yeah. How can you not say it's not about you, so to speak? I mean, the signs are up. It's not just a nickname. I mean, they actually have signs that say it, that say Shashevskyville. Have I told you my Coach K story? No. Oh, man. So I was a junior in high school. I played basketball, and our team was really, really good. We had DeAndre Hunter, who's now on the Hawks, went to mm -hmm. Virginia. So Coach K, Jay Wright, a bunch of big-time coaches were at this game where we were playing a team with Mo Bamba and Cam Reddish on the same high school team. They were crazy, like 91 guys. Wow. So in warm-ups, Coach K is sitting right below the basket we're warming up on. You know how everyone starts with a layup, or maybe they right, try right. to look good, so they do a, you know whatever, cool spin. Um, I said, you know what, I I'm going to pull up from three. Like if I hit this three in front of Coach K, it will be the greatest moment of my life. So I pull up from three, maybe three feet behind the three-point line, and I hit the front rim, and I've never felt more accomplished in my life, not airballing it in that spot. <laughs> the story would have been great on two in, in two different ways. Had you won, dropped it with nothing but net. That would have been great, you know? Bam! Hit it, went on to the next line, you know, that type of thing. Or... What would have been better is Coach K is talking to somebody, not paying attention to you. Oh, God. <laughs> and you airball and smack him right in the chops. That was in the cards. That was that would have been right up there. That would have been one of those other possibilities that, that would have been, you know, hey, uh, I could see that happening. Well, then we won the game in double overtime. DeAndre put up like 47. Okay. So it was, it was a great night. Jay Wright gave us a high five on the way to the locker room. He looked tremendous. Right. He was full suit, spray tan, looked awesome. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't airball the three in front of Coach K. <laughs> Highlighted my basketball career. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Okay. So at least you hit the front of the rim. You didn't embarrass yourself. Uh, you didn't drop it like it was hot, but uh, nevertheless, at least the form was good, right? Oh, it looked unbelievable. In the air, okay, it I'm felt sure it good. Did. I just don't have strong <laughs> legs, so I couldn't get it there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There you have it. Uh, this one's from Derek. He says, uh, what are you hearing about the, the Badgers' chances of playing in Milwaukee in the first two uh, rounds? I think they're really good. Uh, if they end up with uh, – it doesn't matter, I think, where they end up. I think the Badgers are going to be playing in Milwaukee. I would, I, you got to think they are. Uh, I would not think that they're going to – it would be a travesty if – Let's say they get to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. You would assume that they're going to be playing in Milwaukee. It would be a travesty if they end up sending them, say, out to the West Coast or something like that. Uh, You've got to assume that the Badgers are going to be playing in Milwaukee. I don't think Marquette will be, but I think uh, the Badgers will be. Just just my assertion. And Marquette, you know, they they can still do some damage. They can maybe change their seating by the time it's all said and done, depending on what they do with the Big East tournament. But... Yeah, I think uh, I think Marquette for their expectation. Who's done a better job of coaching this year, Shaka Smart or Greg Gard? Both of them didn't have expectations. Now here's the problem: the Marquette season's not done yet, and Marquette under Wojo for years and years and years always had that inexplicable swoon, man, where they just. They would win, and you'd be thinking, okay, here's some positivity, and all of a sudden they'd lose five out of their next six. or they, Which, by the way, they had zero success under Wojciechowski in the postseason in the NCAA tournament. And they would get bounced uh, quite a few times in the NCAA, or in the uh, Big East tournament, and just you're like, well, that's it? You know, <laughs> just no, no fight, no show, no nothing. So we'll see what they do, but... They have uh, – Shaka Smart got them off to a fast start. They won, what, five in a row. And then after that, they started battling, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, that type of thing. And uh, and and now you still find themselves, you know, right there. They're sitting at 10-8 and eight in the conference, 18-11 uh, and 11 overall. A couple more wins on the season via the tournament. Uh, we'll give them a 20-win season. You would assume they're going to be in. At one point, they were in the top 25. But it's that four-game stretch there in the middle when they lost to UCLA and Xavier. Don't get me wrong, both of those teams are ranked. Then you got UConn. They had that game that was canceled because uh, of COVID. Uh, They lost to Creighton. Uh, Then they go back on that streak and they get some wins. But down the stretch, it's been win one, lose one. Um, Then then don't forget they lost two, one to UConn. But that other game, they lost to Butler at Butler. Then they beat Georgetown. Then they lost to Creighton. Then they beat Butler. Then they lost to DePaul. Their last one coming up against St. John's. Got to get a win. Got to propel yourself into the Big East tournament and then get a couple of wins in the tournament. You get a couple of wins in the tournament, uh, two, three wins in the tournament, and uh, next thing you know, you find yourself with a higher seed. But sitting at 10-8 and eight right now, and I think that's good. I, I think it's sixth place right now in the Big East, which is not great, don't get me wrong, but for what they were, what was expected out of this team, if you get a few wins, say they can string in the win against St. John's and then, say, get two more wins in the Big East tournament, maybe three in the Big East tournament, then uh, then you're you're sitting really, really good. Where you're going in on a win streak, you're going in on a high, and things are good. But you lose to St. John's, you do a one-and-done in the tournament, uh, you're, you're then struggling uh, with the NCAA committee staring down the barrel. 
So uh, I, I think Shaka Smart's done a great job. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but they still have work to do. And that stretch in which, you know, they went on that run in the mid-portion of the season, that started with knocking off number 16 Providence, Georgetown, DePaul. Then they beat the ranked uh, Seton Hall, the Pirates of Seton Hall. Then they beat ranked Villanova, ranked Xavier. And, and then they beat Saint, uh, Seton Hall again before losing to Providence. And then they won uh, after that against number 12 Villanova. So they had quite a run there for a while before they kind of fall, fell on hard times after losing to UConn. But, uh, and they've got some good wins, but they, they, you, gotta get, you, can't, you can't have what we've seen traditionally in the past with Marquette, and that is win, get into the Big East tournament, and then just watch everything just kind of wash away. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Ah, oh, nice weather today. Not going to be so nice coming up. As uh, the temperatures will begin to change back towards more winter-like activity uh, coming up here next week. So if you are still looking for some terrific deals, uh, get a hold of our friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, and see everything that they have to offer. They still got a lot of great stuff over there at Pella, by the way. Doesn't take much. All you do is just... Give them a shout, and they can bring you that free, yes, free, in-home consultation. Free in-home consultation. And they've got a line of replacement windows for everybody. It's not just some of these places just offer, here's all your vinyl windows, and that's it, and take it or leave it. Leave it. Uh, get rid of them. They've got two different types of vinyl and budget-friendly lines for energy efficiency at, at Pella. Plus, they've got the Impervia, which is the fiberglass line, which is engineered. That's the strongest material out there when it comes to windows, then the luxurious wood. And I'm telling you, I've got the wood ones in my house. Oh, my God. Love these things. Love these great wood windows. And you can get the interior to match. You can get the exterior to match, the hardware any way you want it, slide screen, roll screen, slider windows, you name it. So many different things. Right now, choose 18 months, no payments, no interest, or 300 bucks off each window. $700 off a Pella entry system and $1,000 off of a Pella patio door. All of those choices out there right now. Whatever you choose, just be sure to book your choice by the end of March, March 31st. Go to PellaWI.com. That is P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. This portion of the program also brought to you by our friends over there at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Good stuff. Um, by the way, no new news from Major League Baseball. Nothing. They met yesterday. Now it's, quote, informal talks, end quote. What the hell is the difference between informal and formal? Formal, you come with a pen to sign, and informal, you just kind of have a beer and swig it? What the hell is that? Why is there not a sense of urgency for Major League Baseball right now? I have no idea, but oh. there isn't. There doesn't. <laughs> really gonna miss you. <laughs> Thank you, Rob Manfred. 
Yeah, Rob Manfred, going to miss you. i talk to you later. <laughs> um, not doing much for the game right now. And more and more players are becoming vocal. I know fans have switched allegiance. For a while it was, well, the players make too much money, on and on and on. And now as more and more players speak out and say, look, the owners never came to the bargaining table with the intention of actual bargaining, and they have been bargaining unfairly, saying that, yeah, let's do this, we agree to this, and then throwing other things in to the point where you're like, wait a minute, we didn't agree to this. And the owner's like, hoping they would just kind of like miss it. Now, I don't know what is and isn't true. I haven't seen the negotiations. But it certainly seems like the players have been more vocal about dishonest or at least unintentional negotiations that are being kind of strewn around right now. And that being, yeah, the owners are showing up, but they have no intention of getting a deal done. So the thought has been all along that it would be about 150 to 145 games that they wanted to play before they got the season actually underway. And if that's the case, again, Rob Manfred, why are we going through this? Why not just say we're not going to really do anything until we get to this point and then we'll do it? I know he went out and talked about, well, we've had, you know, not only nine days to get a deal done. It's like, wait a minute, for three months you've been pretty much locked out. You're, you know, you're full of crap. But uh, the owner's not looking good in all of this, or at least – in the eyes of the players, the owner's looking rather disingenuous when it comes to actual negotiation. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Find us. Give us a shout. Good stuff. Hey, our buddy Steve uh, writes, looking at the CBS Sports Bracketology, they have Bucky as a two-seed playing in the sub-regional in Milwaukee. In their region, Arizona is uh, slated to be the number one seed. Let's hope the Badgers bring it on Sunday against Nebraska, who is on the bubble and needs a big win to get into the dance. Please do not look past this game and screw up your seating. Have a great weekend. That's our buddy Steve. Good point. Good point. You're going to get a hungry Nebraska team. Um, boy, is, is it? it's not just me because we've talked about this time and again, but Nebraska overall, since they've come into the Big Ten, just has not been – a, how do I put this, a staunch competitor. Is that fair? I think it's fair to say. They're not a bubble team this year. They're 9-21. and 21. They're, Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're on the verge. But I'm just talking about their overall athletic department. Well, when, we t- when we look at the big, big athletics, when we look at football and basketball, they have not been a staunch competitor. By the way, Nebraska, uh, dead last in the Big Ten. So they're not they're not going anywhere. They're not a bubble team. I think right now out of the Big Ten, um, maybe if Michigan State or Michigan has a good showing in the Big Ten, Michigan gets in. Um, maybe if Indiana gets a, a couple of games in the Big Ten uh, tournament, they get in. But other than that, nobody else is getting in. Um, Michigan uh, or excuse me, Michigan State. They'll most likely be there. Rutgers hanging in there. And then you've got Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, Iowa, and Ohio State. They'll all be getting into the tournament. But I think on the bubble, wouldn't you say that uh, Michigan is on the bubble, Ben? Yes, very much so. I think Michigan's on the bubble, and I think Indiana's on the bubble. Because their coach assaulted somebody. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yep. I think those two teams are on the bubble. Everybody else is out. Kind of feel bad no, for Phil Martelli in that situation, though. Well, then again, if Phil Martelli does a good job, I mean, you know, it's just another feather in his cap, so to speak. Say, uh, say you know, they, they get a couple – well, he'll be, you know, um, what's-his-face will be back. Uh, Howard will be back for the Big Ten tournament, right? It, let's say Michigan, Michigan gets a, a win over Ohio State. Um, and that's what, on Sunday? They play on Sunday, I think. Um, say he gets a win over Ohio State. That's a feather in his cap. But if they lose, it's just, you know, another loss, and most likely they're not going to get in, and Juwan Howard's going to have to get them at least three wins in the Big Ten tournament, most likely to get themselves into the NCAA tournament. Otherwise, they're NIT bound. But because uh, Juwan Howard, unfortunately, stupidly, is going to be back for the Big Ten tournament. Don't touch elbows and handshake lines, Bill. Yeah, I know. Can't do it. Yeah, well, maybe you go elbow to elbow, but you can't actually grab an elbow. Mm. That's the rule now. we got another hour yet to go. Bill Michael's show, we continue on. Don't forget about our friends at Pindell. They are a quality global manufacturing company right here in our own state, New Berlin, Wisconsin. They're looking for good people. If you've thought about that, maybe either a career or just learning enough to maybe start your own business someday. Go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, Pindell.com. That is Pindell.com. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.